bonjour and welcome back week 12 of Minus You. We are actually just a couple episodes over the halfway point in Minus You, which is absolutely crazy. We are still in the after chapter, which after this episode, we will have three episodes left before we get into the last chapter, which is the future episode. Today's episode is called Need versus Want, which also comes from that last conversation I had with Nicholas. Last week's topic, which was people change, and we did, came from a statement that Nicholas made. Today's content comes from a statement that I made in that phone call. I may have mentioned this in previous episodes, but that last phone call was no fun. It was no fun at all. He was planning on not talking to me again for another two days, and I basically told me that if he was going to ghost me again for an extra two days and a grief counseling session that he needed to make up his mind, he just was welcome to not be a part of my life anymore. I knew that two more days was not going to give him a clear decision. In fact, the reality is, is there's no 100% clear choices in life. This sucks, and I learned this lesson as an adult. I thought adults knew 100% what they were doing, and then I became an adult, and I realized that is a lie. Which I was never told that by adults, that they 100% knew what they were doing. I guess I just assumed it, so that's my fault. I knew that he either wanted me, or he didn't. His hesitancy and back and forth was pretty clear to me that he was just not going to be the man right now that I wanted or needed, and frankly, he may never be. I deserve, and I still do deserve, someone who is sure about me. I said that in the last episode, I'll say it again. Despite difficulties and life, I deserve that. That's a marriage thing, too. You can't, like, half-ass your marriage on days where it's hard. I mean, like, you, you can have difficult days, but in a marriage, you can't be like, oh, I'm just going to take a week off from being married to you because there's a hard situation I don't want to deal with. No, that doesn't work. I told him that I was looking for my husband, and of course I wanted it to be him, but he was just not showing me the qualities that I needed and that, frankly, that matched a godly husband. I told him that I wanted him. I really wanted him, but I did not and do not need him. Like I said, I did not need him, and I still do not need Nicholas to do the things that I love. He actually laughed at me when I said this to him. I knew that he was gone. My Nicholas was gone. Nicholas wouldn't do that to me. He was just gone. He was already dating other people, sleeping with other people, multiple, in fact. He saw no value in me. Remember, going back to episode one, I didn't match the value that he wanted to see in his wallet, so it was a waste of his time. I was basically just discarded garbage in his eyes. He had access to all these Florida girls from the Disney College program, a new rotation of college girls every six months. And really, the whole frickin' Disney cast, for Pete's sake. Why the hell would he be interested in someone who takes effort when you have money and this high turnover rate of southern tanned women who are under six feet tall. That's kind of a joke. But you know what I mean. I'm, I'm six foot two, so it's just, I'm memeing around here. But when I said it, I meant it. I did not and do not need Nicholas to do the things I love. Or to have a successful, prosperous, and amazing life. I told him that. I do not need you to do the things that I love. For a while after this phone call, 
after it was really all over, it did kind of feel like I was dying. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that. Maybe it makes me look weak and stupid, but grief is the price we pay for love. This episode was written on May 31st, which means at that point on May 31st, I had not spoken to Nicholas in 64 days. 64 days without who was my best friend and the man that I thought was my forever. Those first 30-something days were hell. They were terrible. Sure, I said I didn't need him. And, you know, I didn't. I was still alive. I was still breathing. I was still working and functioning and going out and doing things with my life. But I was struggling deeply. The last time that I was physically near Nicholas, we laid in bed for about an hour or so before he left for the cruise with his family that I was supposed to attend. In that hour or so, I cried. Nonstop. I had these horrible shooting pains down my arms, through my chest, in my legs. My body was just reeling in the fact that I would not see him again for a long time. If not, forever. I was in shock that this man, my fake forever, was gone. Our three years, gone. I still get those pains sometimes when I think about Nicholas. I'm recording this episode in July, actually on um, Nicholas's birthday in July, and I, I haven't gotten those pains physically recently, but I, you know, I still get sad sometimes. But in those first 30 days, I'd have those physical pains like every other night. My, truly, my deepest, my deepest sympathies if you are experiencing a loss like that right now. Because I know how it feels emotionally, but I also know how it feels physically. I had no idea that emotional loss like that could physically attack your body. The grief was just, was so heavy. In our three years, Nicholas was my safe place. I couldn't travel without him. I would actually have panic attacks. We were constantly near each other. We were basically inseparable. So to lose all of this so fast, with no hope and just this feeling of complete abandonment, sure, I said I didn't need him, but like I said, some days it felt like, emotionally, like I actually did. I knew in my heart, well, more like in my mind, that I could survive. I had to, in spite of myself, <laughs> prove myself right. But the shock of people changing so quickly, or the, your own truth changing so quickly, that he just suddenly did not care. That he laughed at me like that. The betrayal of my safe place, I had to learn how to be my own safe place. Choosing not to need someone is incredibly hard. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, we don't choose this until it's too late. And we have to lose this other half of our soul, or that we feel like it's the other half of our soul because we poured our life and our identity into this person. It's a really strange art form and dance that kind of goes between relying on a future partner, whoever that is, but also protecting yourself and your life and your heart and your mind. 
for those of you who have had a partner leave them. I'm really sorry to say that there isn't a perfect formula to adjust from feeling like you need someone to just wanting them. A way that I learned and lived this episode was teaching myself to see and listen. Yes, it sounds kind of dumb, but let me explain. See the actions. See your actions versus the other person's actions. For example, as silly as this may sound, you can still live, breathe, eat, shower, walk, run, work, exist without this person. Grief is so strong. So seeing basics can really help some days. I know this episode sounds embarrassing and it sounds like, wow, Madeline, you're such an emotional loser. Frankly, I don't care. I'm just, I'm explaining this process of grief and it was incredibly hard for me. But this is, this is something I had to learn to do and to be okay with. I had to be okay with sometimes feeling a little bit silly some days about the things I needed to tell myself. You do not need this person to live. Seeing the other person's actions also helps you recognize the health and the quality of the reality of the relationship or this quote-unquote safe place that you trust. Does your safe place or your safe person only feel safe because it's familiar? Or do they actively protect you and actively uphold you and actively provide for you? Do they actively make you safe? In reality, not in a facade, in reality. Nicholas was safe because he was familiar. I did not feel that Nicholas upheld my value as a woman, or a fiancé, or a future wife. As we can see in past episodes, Nicholas did not protect me from emotional harm. In fact, he allowed it. Provisions-wise, there was not a lot going on. My engagement ring was $25. Yes, if the ring was real, it would have been like $80,000, and so I never asked for a real engagement ring, but I asked him to take me on an engagement trip to show me that he was going to provide for me and invest in me and to celebrate our engagement, and it actually never even happened. It was never even brainstormed or, like, discussed. It was really stupid. But I'll just leave it at that regarding finances. Let me make it clear. Nicholas's faults do not make it that the relationship was failing because of just his fault. I am sure that Nicholas feels that I did not uphold his value as a man and a provider because he truly was working really hard at his job. He really was. Also, a bit more shallowly, maybe Nicholas didn't see my value as a woman because I was not putting out enough physically. Or with my stress management, with how stressful things got, that I was not a safe place for him because I got stressed too easily and that it negatively affected his mental peace. Or even back two years ago when I kissed my neighbor, that took definitely an emotional toll on me being a safe place for Nicholas. So again, bringing it back to myself, there are things that I did that were really fucked up that made me not a safe place for Nicholas sometimes. Anyways, see their actions above all else. Remember... Actions speak louder, so much louder than words. 
see yourself, see breathing in and out and basic living as the legs for you to stand up on as you rebuild your life. Sometimes I would cry so hard I couldn't breathe. And I would tell my brother that I felt like I was dying. And sometimes it felt like that. Those are my words. That I felt like I was dying. But my actions, I'm still breathing in that moment. I'm still going to work in 30 minutes. I'm speaking of that situation. I bought myself Dutch Bros that morning. I am alive. I am not dying. <laughs> yes, it's funny, but it's also true. Learn how to be okay with healing not being linear. Some days I felt great, and some days I didn't want to get up. With time and with understanding that actions speak louder than words, it's just, it's gonna make more sense. The grief and the strong sense of, I feel as if I cannot survive, will turn into this sense of sadness. It's a weird kind of sadness. It's this, um, like, somberness of understanding. Doesn't mean that I do not miss Nicholas. No, of course I do sometimes. But his actions led me to understand that he no longer cares and that the Nicholas that I love is gone. Will he ever come back? I don't know. I have no way of knowing. <laughs> but I sure as hell won't be sitting around waiting to find out. And I truly pray that you do not either. I choose to join the living and progress with my life, my love, my effort, and putting those into things that appreciate me. I hope that you use the same mindset with your grief. And I know it's hard, but I really hope that over time that you learn how to do this for yourself. I will explore and explain actually a lot more on the concept of Nicholas being gone in episode 15, which I think is a really awesome episode, and I actually wrote it while I was in Florida when I was um, visiting for an experience that I took part in, which was really ironic. But it's a sad episode, but it's a really awesome episode, and when I wrote it, it's just, it's badass. I love it. Anyways, back to the point. For couples, I think a good way to look at this outside of the realm of the basic need versus want is, do you complement each other in life? Do you compliment each other as well as how do you stand individually? And I don't mean like verbal compliments. I mean like partnership compliment. I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but we cannot control people, their actions, their choices. And as much as we want to know what the future holds, life can change in an instant, in a like less than a second. Frankly, all of us, most of us, well, actually, all of us have lived through 2020. If you're listening to this, you lived through 2020. I don't think anyone under the age of 13 is listening to this. So we all lived through 2020, and we know we know damn well, just like the rest of the, the globe, that life changes very quickly. Thank you, COVID. It can be important to have your own independent life, job, and finances, especially finances and job, because if something happens you may have to make your own way. See where the job, or at least having a resume that's ready and job experience applies. 
This is not me saying that your partner is going to leave and abandon you. That's not what I'm saying here at all. But what if an accident happened? What if your partner lost their job? Or someone gets sick? An injury? A pandemic? COVID-19, I'm talking about you. Need versus want applies to this as well. This concept and this learning process not only affects you in maybe some not-so-great situations, but it's going to protect you and your partner. A slight disclaimer before I end off this episode, if you cannot tell, the after chapter is based a little bit more on individual development rather than development as a couple. In each episode, I'm going to keep giving advice to couples from my experiences, but some of these episodes will be a little bit more focused on self-development exploration, understanding, and healing, since the after and the future chapter exist without Nicholas being an official part of my life. Meaning these episodes will focus just a little bit more inwards and towards life after a person walks out of your life. Like I said, though, I will continue to give advice on both ends. To those who are single after a relationship or those who are in a struggling relationship looking for help to mend things with a person they love dearly. Another slight disclaimer, you can definitely work on yourself while being in a relationship. So anyone that tells you, oh, I need to work on myself and I can't be with you while I work on myself, that's a lie. That's a lie. So you can definitely grow as a person next to one another. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and refer you to the song Grow As We Go by Ben Platt. Personal meme for myself. (laughs) But just go listen to that song. It means a lot to me. And... Um, just generally to the message of growing as individuals, whether that's with somebody or it's apart. But I will see you next week for the 13th, the Taylor Swift episode of the after chapter of Minus You, which is People Don't Understand Us. It is a sad look into the reality of a post-long-term relationship. Talking about that feeling that those who really get it are kind of just you and your former partner. Until next week, adios.